Good morning, body of Christ. Oh, man, that was strong. Excellent. I can't imagine next weekend when that just resonates back to us. Hey, let me just go ahead and tell you real quickly, we are having a couple of services next weekend. thought you might know that. Hey, uh, let's go ahead and begin to look. Turn to the back and look at your notes there that have been prepared for you, and we'll just launch into this text. In the very beginning, we're talking about the prayer of Jesus you know, we say this is the Lord's Prayer. You go, no, the, the Lord's Prayer is our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But this is really like the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. It's called the, the high priestly prayer. It's the prayer of Jesus. It's John 17. We won't go through the full prayer, but as we talk about this, I hope that God will speak to your heart and he'll uh, illuminate something for you. I want you to fill this in. Jesus prayed for me and you the night he was betrayed. He prayed for us. Now, I'm going to try to hammer this truth today because... I'm not sure that we understand the fullness, the ramification of what all it means for Jesus Christ and Messiah to pray for us. If you'll look there in John 17, look down there at verse 20. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Now, I, I like that. He, he says, I will pray for them that will believe. He, he's praying for the lost world, for, for those who have not yet come to the Savior. Do you remember when you were outside of Christ? And the good news is that Christ was praying for you even then as he was a couple thousand years ago. And he prays for us today. Now, we're going to find great uh, comfort and power in that way as we look at today. Because as Christ prays for us, as Jesus talks to the Father, he takes our needs to him. He's our advocate. He, he takes our worries and our concerns and our anxieties and our strengths and our weaknesses. And he brings all those to the Father. Man, what a, an incredible thought. And then I want you to feel this in inside the box. Jesus is praying for me and you continually. He continues in and out, in and out, over and over. He prays. I'd, I'd even put in parentheses, he prays right now for us. Now, that is really, really good news because I want you to hear in Romans eight thirty four. look what it says there. It says that Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and he is also interceding for us even at this very moment. Wow. Jesus Christ prays for you and me right now. You know, I'm constantly asking people, or people are asking me, would you pray for me, Pastor? Or you say, would you pray for me? Or you go up to a friend, would you pray for me? And when somebody comes in and they put their hand on your shoulder, has anybody felt comfort besides me when somebody prays for you? I mean, you go, wow, that man, that woman, that teenager, that child prayed for me. You know, just this past week, a good friend that I grew up playing ball with when I was a kid, we don't see each other much anymore, but he lives over in Atlanta. He has a daughter at University of Georgia, and he has a, a son that's a senior about to go to Sanford University. This week, they got the news of all news that nobody wants to get. His son possibly had a lymphoma now. They've diagnosed it with Hodgkin's disease, and he'll have chemo. And they said, would you pray? I said, we'll have our church pray too. Just write down the name Perry. Would you just pray for Perry, my friend Perry? 18 years old, big, strapping, awesome football player. And the coolest things have happened. I've, I'm getting these emails and texts continually. And guess who he's going to be praying for? Pat Sullivan. Y'all ever heard of Pat Sullivan, the guy that won the Heisman 72? Like before some of you were born. Okay. Anyway, he coaches there at Sanford. Did you know Coach Sullivan had cancer, throat cancer, years ago? He's overcome. This is going to be his new coach. They invited him up. And the coolest thing happened. I, I, I'm about to cry just thinking about it because how many times has this happened on a football field? He went over and coach called time out and called everybody over to meet his friend Perry. 
And different players went up and they began to put their hands on Perry and began to pray for him. Now, how about that for a football team? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Amen. And he's got all these people praying for him. And then he got a great attitude because, see, he's a senior. And we know what's coming up for seniors is this really big event where you spend a lot of money. It's called the prom. And here's what he told his dad. He says, Dad, I'm really okay with getting my head, with my hair falling out and being bald. I just hope it doesn't happen before prom. Isn't that an 18-year-old for you? But the thing was, Christ prays for Perry. Christ prays for us today. Is anybody thrilled about that concept but me? Jesus Christ prays for you. He's praying for all that you're going through. Some of you are going, man, I've been going through a lot. I bet Jesus has been interceding on my behalf a lot. I'm sure he is. I mean, the Bible says he is. So on behalf of us, our Savior stands in the gap for us. Oh, God, thank you for that comfort today. You know, we get fearful and we get scared. But I want you to go and think with me for just a moment. If Jesus Christ was in this room next to here, the kitchen, and if I could hear and see Jesus on his knees and I could see him praying for me, what comfort that would give you and I? Do you think there'd be any enemy that we couldn't face if we realized Jesus Christ is in that very next room praying for us? You go, man, I could take on the world. You can. That's the, that's the point this morning. Jesus Christ prays for us whatever we're going through, good, bad, indifferent, tough, joyful, whatever circumstance, situation, Christ prays for us. And even though these enemies try to come against us, Christ is greater. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He's overcome the one of the world, the prince of darkness. You know, this whole thing right now, Christ prays for you and I. I just want you to write down beside them in your notes. Christ prays for you, that equals confidence. Because Christ is a king of glory. Amazing love. We've sung about his love this morning. But it's so much more than a song. He's king. He's the king. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Put your hands together if you really are thankful that he came this morning. Blessed is the Lord Jesus. He comes representing King David and all those before and all those after. But he represents the Father because he is the Trinity. He is God. Now, I want to share some things with you today about about four ways Jesus is praying for. So get your pen out and get ready to write because we're going to learn some truth here. In John chapter 17, and if you look there primarily at verses 11 through 20, this is really the, the key uh, prime text that we want to look at together today. Number one, Jesus prays for unity. Unity. That is primary, it is foremost, it is essential. He prays for unity. Listen to what it says in the English Standard Version. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me, and I have guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you that these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Christ prays for unity. Now that's not uniformity, it's unity. Christ prays that we major on the majors. We don't major on the minors. Here's the majors. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one way. And the church said, 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. That was very exclusive. That was very narrow. And Jesus said, the road that leads to hell is broad, and many will follow that path, but the road that leads to eternal life is narrow, and only few will walk upon it. Oh, I pray that all that hear my voice will walk upon that narrow road of Jesus. Did you know the burden of Jesus this morning is unity? He says back here in this passage, if you'll go back there in in verses 11 through 13, he goes, which you have given me, talking about the Father, you've given them to me, that they may be one, even as we are one. This one thing, you can look at Romans 12, 4 and 5. You can look in this. You can look at other passages. God is big about oneness. God wants us to be one with him. He wants us to be one with his son. And how many times we're not one, we're many. We're splintered, we're split, we run off in multiple directions. And, 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 and I think God wants to say, I want you to have a Christ-centered life. I want you to center around, I want you to orbit around my son, Jesus Christ. Here, here it is. Mark Driscoll said it this way. In this day and age we live, so many people go, I'm, I'm, I'm marriage-centered. I want a marriage-centered home, and I'm all about marriage. I'm, I'm pro-covenant. God's about marriage. But if you only live around your marriage and your holy life orbits around that, you've missed it. I hear this a lot. We're child-centered. We're all about our kids. It's good to be about your kids. It's lo- good to love your kids. But if you only orbit around your kids, guess what? You miss it. Jesus said, you'd be about my father. You'd be about Jesus Christ. You orbit around Christ and you become one with him. And then the other, the byproduct just flows out of that. The most godly homes are the ones that focus around Christ and then it flows out of that. God, help us to see this truth. The high priestly prayer of Jesus. Lord, help us to live in unity with you and the Father. You're saying, well, I can get this vertical thing, I think. I understand it in my head. I hope you understand it in your heart. I want to be in unity with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But are you kidding? Be in unity with the people I go to church with? Be in unity with the people in my life? Jesus said, yes, I want you to be one. I want you to realize that Christian unity here manifests itself in a powerful witness for God. So I, I just wrote down a question. You might write it in the margin. Are you helping to unify the body of Christ? Or are you disunifying the body of Christ? Are you known as a person that brings unity to the situation? You add value. You add life. You restore relationships. Man, if that's what you do, that is an awesome thing. You're saying, well, no, I, I, bring, I bring chaos wherever I go. And people are like, amen, I know that. And God says, I want you to bring the unity of my son, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And for us, we, we have that power in Jesus Christ. And there's nothing more... Uh, attractive than to be unified to be one with christ and then you just look down here at 17 look down there at verse 21 with me he jumps off that all of them may be one father just as you are in me and i am in you he repeats this theme again see when god repeats himself in scripture he's trying to help us to understand i want you to be very clear to get this concept i want you to to practice this i want you to walk out this application uh, this application in your life so jesus christ works at unity for us but i want you to see what else he does he does some great things here's the second point jesus prays for our security and i've put in parenthesis protection jesus christ prays for your and my security and our protection man i get excited about that how many of you need protecting you you girls don't you want to be protected when you go out at night when it's dark do you? 
How about you guys? You want to be protected? I ain't scared. Bring them on. Tell you what, if you saw me in the early years of the church, I'd be out here. There was nothing out here. There was no Rhine Ridge neighborhood. There was no Chantilly. It was just a lot of grasshoppers and frogs and dark. And I'd come up here and I'd study. And Donna got concerned. She said, baby, could you start studying at home on Saturday nights late? She says, I get concerned about you being at their church. She says, I fall asleep. And, you know, you might be dead and we'll find you the next day. And, you know, I said, well, you know, right. It's not probably smart for me to be out there at Ryan Road all by myself and nobody's around. But I tell you what I'd do. I'd be back in my study and I'd study. And I didn't tell her this for a long time because I didn't want her to worry. But I would finish studying and I'd set the alarm. And then I'd take and I'd run to the door. And as soon as I hit the door, boom, I'd go running. And I'd, if somebody had jumped behind the building, I would have wet myself. It would have been ugly. I was scared to death. There was somebody going to get me out here at night. And as soon as I got in there, boom. And, and, and overall, I'm not really a scared person, but there was something about it here. Just, oh, you know, it was just kind of dark and gnarly. You're saying, big as you are, you were scared. Hey, it don't, it don't take you if you big or little. If somebody got a gun, it's scary, you know, or a knife, or they just want to hit you. You know, anyway, just a thought. So I'm glad Christ was praying for me. I'm glad he's praying for you for protection. Look at John 17, 14, and 15. I've given them your word, and the world was, has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. That's what Jesus does. He, he's our protector. He's our shield. And he shields us from the evil one. Lord Jesus, thank you for that protection for that life for that ministry you're with us by the power of your name those evil attacks have to come through the blood of christ the precious blood of the savior you know i I still don't understand the sovereignty of god that in the midst of all this god still gives us the ability to choose to receive or to reject the love of christ to receive or reject the protection of god when you're you're threatened here it's a little scary But let me just say to you this morning, some of you live in anxiety. You live in fear. You need to take this truth and say, Jesus Christ prays for my protection even now. When our girls get on the road and they travel, I pray for their protection. When their mom leaves, when I leave, I pray for their protection. When we send mission teams out, we pray for their protection. We just ought to pray for protection. You ought to write that down. You know, that's a practical thing to pray for. But Christ says, I pray. I want you to see this. Jesus wants you and I to fill it in to live unafraid he didn't want us to be threatened by the things of this world or by the devil he he wants to know that hey i want to be your comfort i, I want to give you strength i heard a story one time and i think it says it best in the indian culture about the age of 13 when the young warrior was becoming a man they had a a, a, a system uh, as he grew a uh, rite of passage as he would grow up he would have to go out into the woods at night all by himself not any of his brothers or sisters or friends or his mom or dad. And he would have to go out and sit out in the middle of the woods. And I don't know if you've ever been out in the woods at night and you hear all them sounds. And you hear coyotes and wolves and different animals and owls or whatever. And, you know, just whatever, just animals. And this, this warrior would be out there. And here's what he had to do. He had to stay all night by himself right in the center of the woods. And if he could pass that test, then he was able to pass that rite of passage and he could move on. Here's what the young warrior didn't know. The next morning when he came back into camp and he met with his dad and his dad celebrated that he'd become a young man. 
And he said, Dad, I was so afraid and I was so scared. And man, I was out there. I heard sounds all night. And his dad knew because guess what? His dad had been sitting on the edge of the woods all night and watched his boy. He wasn't about to let anything happen to his boy. You know what? The Lord Jesus does that for you and I. Are you grateful for that this morning? He watches over. He sees everything that goes on. I'm so glad that Jesus Christ is omnipresent and omnipotent. And he knows all and he sees all and he's there. Does that comfort you besides me? Does that comfort everybody here today? God, you protect us. And, and, and then we want to walk in his ways. Listen, listen to these scriptures. These are just scriptures I found in studying about protection. And I want you to write them down. Write down 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 5 through 5. Listen to this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you. You through faith, listen, underline this, circle it, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. The Bible says we're shielded by the power of God. That ought to bring you comfort to go, I am protected by the power of Jesus. Let's look at Jude, a little misprint. In Jude, there's only one chapter, so you don't go 1 or 24. It's just verse 24 and 25. Look at it. To him who is able to keep you from falling, to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Jesus Christ keeps you and I from falling. And he will present us to the glorious God one day. I'm just saying, God, these are scriptures of hope. And I want to give you one last one. Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed because I know in whom I believe. And I am convinced that he is able to guard. Circle the word guard. He's able to guard what I've entrusted to him for that day. When you heard it from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard. The good deposit that was entrusted to you, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Look at that. God can guard what he purchases. God guards that which is his. You know, let's just think about it practically. How many of you guard your possessions? You've got a gun safe and you put an alarm in your house, whatever. You guard those valuables. You guard your jewelry. You uh, were you a kid? Did anybody ever have a bicycle stolen besides me? You go out there and you throw the bicycle down. I remember Dad, you say, you better lock it up. I ain't got time to lock it up, Dad. I got to go. I'm busy. Come out. You go walk home now. And I walked home. He said, what happened? I said, well, uh, my bike got stolen. Did you lock it? Now, I could have lied, but I didn't. No, sir. He said, I guess you'll walk some more. Wow. My dad was tough. Anybody have a dad like that? But it was good because you know what? Now I see bicycle locks. I go, supposed to lock them things. Now I know some people. You know, let me tell you what happened at church one time. True story. Out here at the pavilion, we used to have this beautiful gas grill. And you could just go over there and do hamburgers or chicken or whatever. And people would come here and have picnics. I come here one day. Chains cut. Grill's gone. Now you got to be low down to steal from the church. I got to start praying, God, I hope they get sick and indigestion and throw up every time they eat. I just knew that grill was going to show back up, but it never did. Y'all never pray prayers like that? 
God, they stole my stuff, so protect it. I mean, when me and Donna got married, we had these wedding gifts, and I, I took them all out to the car. True story. And uh, Donna wasn't there, and that's why I messed up. And I was pulling, you know how us men are. We want to do it all because I don't want to take too many trips. I mean, I'd already taken 32 trips of her clothes. And Sorry, baby. And uh, so uh, I was, you know what I'm talking about, though, don't you, Jeremy? And Because uh, you married our offspring. So anyway, so, I, so I, I'm sitting there, you know, and, and I'm putting stuff on the top of the car, and I'm getting it. I got it under my chin, and I'm walking like this to go upstairs. But dummy left a gift on the car. It was still in the wrapping paper from our wedding. Come to find out it was a brand new, really deluxe toaster that we never got to eat on. I went in the house and just got on my knees and said, God, I pray they get sick and stomachache every time they eat. I don't know if it ever happened, but I thought it was a pretty good prayer. How about you? They stole my goods. What was really tough was I had to, that was somebody on our side. And I said, you need to write a thank you note. You know how hard it is to write a thank you note for something you never enjoyed? Anyway, here we go. But there's predators out there. I want you to just write down something real quick. I want you to write down the word world, and I want you to write down the word word. The world and the word. And they're in exact contrast to one another. The world and the word. Now, the world, here's what the world does. I'm not talking about the planet Earth, but I'm talking about the evil ideology of this world the evil evil concepts the satanic teachings the ones that follow the agenda of the prince of darkness and and in that one they're like yeah you build your own future you do this but let's go over here to the word the word side means you're essentially powerless to change but with jesus christ you have a future isn't that the hope of the gospel this morning In Jesus Christ, I have been powerless. I've been rendered powerless by my sin. But in Christ, I receive the nature of God. I receive the Holy Spirit and all its resurrection power. And I have a future and a hope. And God protects us. Oh, these are powerful teachings. From Genesis 1 throughout, you see the conflict between the world and the Word. Ultimately, the Word will win out. The Word has power. But you know, a lot of times we... We live in these crazy systems and we do what we want to do. And we think if I just stay in my bubble of Christian friends and wear Christian t-shirts and have a Christian fish on my car and I listen to Christian radio and I hang around Christian, 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 you're going to be safe. But your, your witness is going to be pretty weak. God wants us to break it. He says, you know, I've called you out of the world, but I've sent you back into the world to call others out of the world. It's called to be a missionary in this world, to be salt and light in a dark world. So how do we do that? Look at third. The third thing is Jesus prays for you and my purity. Christ wants us to be pure. And he prays for our purity this morning. In John 17, 16 and 17, it says, They are not afraid of the world even as I am not of it, but sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth sanctify sanctification really big theological words and they simply mean put aside set apart for the holy purposes of god and christ jesus says when i redeem you i set you apart for my purposes my purposes are eternal my purposes bring glory to my father so it's this set apart holiness uh, that we're not a part of the world as we dwell and abide in Christ. We, we've been doing a lot on John 15. I won't go there. So I'd say it this way. Who is your allegiance to? And once you determine who your allegiance is to, then it demands your all. If you're going to be allegiant to the... I used to tell people all the time. If you're going to live for the devil, then live hard for him. But if you're going to live for Christ, you live with all your heart to the Lord Jesus. Amen? 
I mean, you see, I was a serious pagan partying guy before I met Jesus Christ. And when I gave my life to the king, I decided it was his agenda, his rule, his allegiance. He was Lord. I've already been Lord. I've already been master. And I saw where that got me. And I saw where Jesus gets me. And I see where Jesus is going to get me. Hey, have y'all heard that song lately by uh, Carrie Underwood? My temporary home. Anybody heard that lately? You know, she's not a Christian artist. She's a country artist. But I tell you this song. Y'all ought to hear it sometimes. Just a good song about our temporary home. Because that's all this is. But let's see. So purity. We're set apart by his word. His, his truth gets poured into you every week. But my prayer is that the word of Christ gets poured into you and me every time we read his word. It's the, the point of the gospel. God, would you pour this gospel out on people right now? Because this gospel is good news. This gospel will transform your life. Does anybody believe that? This right here will transform your life. It's the acting, active, and living word of God. Lord, thank you that you give us truth to transform us, and you want us to be pure. Uh, I, I like this. His, his word is a divine cleansing agent. I call it a spiritual tide. That's what the word is. It's just spiritual and dynamic, and it cleanses us from all filth and all immorality and all things that lead us astray. And that's why I always beg us, let's be people of the book. Let's read God's word. Let's let God's word read us, and it cleanses us. Now, let's go to the fourth one quickly. Or, or let me fill in the blank, number three. I, I know I forgot. Jesus wants me and you to live by the word, not by the world. He wants us to live by the word, not by the world. The world lives by the world. The world lives by its systems and ideologies, but God wants us to live by his. And the fourth point is, Jesus Christ prays for you and me for our priorities. And Christ wants to be our priority this morning. He is curios, means Lord. He is master. And Jesus says in seventeen eighteen from the message, it says, in the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. The Father gave Jesus Christ a mission to come down to planet Earth and to rescue and to save sinners, which I feel like I'm chief. And then he, Jesus Christ gives us a mission to go out into the world and call others to, him, to himself, to call them to the Son. So we're on a mission here. The, the mission is you have to make Jesus Christ known to others. You begin to proclaim him. You live a, a high-definition life. We're all about HD and HD this, HD that, high definition. You know, this uh, television I've got at home is a high definition. And, and, and you watch that, and when you get it in high def, you're like, whoa! As a matter of fact, I found out, man, some people have pores and they have, you know, their skin's not, it's ruddy. I mean, you know, when you see, you're like, you know, you never, and, and I love watching a football game in high def. You can just kind of almost fuck like you're there. You know what I'm saying? Well, God wants us to live high definition lives that exalt Jesus Christ above ourselves. The, the resolution is that it's Christ magnified and us decreased. Oh, it's one of my favorite verses. It's overall in the third chapter, John 3.30, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Jesus must become greater and I must become less. Jesus must become greater than you and you must become less in your life. Would you agree with that? And everybody knows when Christ is great. Everybody knows when Christ is magnified. And everybody knows when you're magnified. And Christ says, I want you to have the priority that you love me. And in 1720, he says, I'm praying for them. Jesus prays for those that haven't yet been won. Jesus is praying for all the ones that will show up here and in churches across the globe next weekend. 
Oh, I'm praying for a harvest. I'm praying for a harvest of souls. So I ask you the question, what are your priorities? Are they impacting the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light? Are they bringing glory to Christ? One gospel says, what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world? And lose his own soul. That's a sad thought. To gain all the riches of this world. Reputation, fame, money, whatever. But forfeit, lose your soul that has been purchased by the precious blood of Christ. And yet God gives us free will. The strongest position you and I have is on our knees. So the Father sends Christ. So Jesus says, so I send you. I want you to fill it in here. Jesus wants you and I to know I'm on a mission. We're on a mission from God. We're on a mission to bring glory to the King. And my prayer is today, stay on mission. Just stay on task. Stay on focus. Stay on mission. God, we want to do your will. And God, that mission is that we live and become like Jesus. And that mission is we tell others about Christ. A couple months ago, I told you about a friend I played baseball with. The only state championship, Jared, that your high school and my high school has ever won was my sophomore year in 1975. I'm old, aren't I? And in 1975, we won a state championship at Robert E. Lee. And I had a friend that played on that team. Had the best curveball I've ever seen. And Jesus called him home this week. Just a year older than me. Died of pancreatic cancer. And I can't tell you, I've not been close to him in a number of years. I haven't seen him in years, but knew him and his wife. And uh, I've just been praying for them a lot, for their family. And it's let me know that's how important this mission is that I come to proclaim. This mission will change your life. This mission will give you peace. This mission will give you eternal life if you trust in Christ. Because we never know what tomorrow holds. But I know who holds the future. And his name is Jesus. Does he hold your future? You know, it's the prayer of grace. So let's bow our head. Father, this morning I pray that we would bow the heart and the head in prayer. And we'd say simply, Lord Jesus... I want to say, Hosanna, I want to say, you are enough. You are the king. I want to be able to call you Lord, my Lord. So right now, I pray that somebody would cry out in simple faith for Jesus Christ to come and dwell in them this morning. Lord Jesus, come. Come into my life and save and change me. Cleanse me by your blood and make me your child. Give me heaven when I die but abundant life here and now through your life and grace. I receive you, Lord Jesus. Be my king.